morning, everybody, and welcome to Healing School today. Healing School is a place where people come to hear and to be healed, and miracles do flow. Today, we have a wonderful uh, lesson for you today. Now, the power is in God's Word. That's what a power is. And the action of God's Word is in your faith. That's where the action is. It's in your faith. This is the reason why the Scripture says, according to your faith, be it unto you. Amen, prophet? Amen. Well, let's have a word of prayer, and we'll go ahead and get in today's lesson. Father, we thank you. We praise you today in Jesus' name. As we look to you, and we believe you this day in the name of Jesus, your people come to hear and to be healed. In Jesus' name, we call them clean. We call them made whole by the word of God. If they hear, believe, and receive, they are made whole. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it now. Amen. Mm-hmm. All right, Amen. once again, good morning, Prophet. Good morning, Apostle. Praise God. Today we are talking about Paul's thorn in the flesh. And this is part one. And we're going to be here for uh, a few weeks. Because I know we will not finish this all in one shot. Okay? Amen. So, grab your pen and paper. Get ready to take some real good notes. As we dive off into the day's lesson against Paul's thorn in the flesh. And you're going to learn a lot of things today. You're going to see many things. Some of you are going to be healed today by what you hear. Your understanding is going to open up. Yes, it is. Amen. You are going to see truth. There are many people under the assumption that God put the sickness on them to teach them something. Mm-hmm. But no, he didn't. Now, if he did, let's, let's see it in the word. If he didn't, let's see that in the word too. Amen. Amen. All right, prophet, we can begin at the top. Amen. Praise God. And these are the notes from Paul's stone in his side or in his flesh. And we're going to read um, first chapter, I'm sorry, Corinthians, second Corinthians 12, verses 7 through 10. Amen. Mm-hmm. As our opening scripture. It says, and lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelation, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing, I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. 
Mm-hmm. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Wow. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecution, in distresses, for Christ's sake. When I am weak, then am I strong. Mm-hmm. Again, again, that's Second Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. This thorn in the flesh that Paul mentioned has been used and misused by Christians to justify submitting to nearly any problem that comes along. Satan has twisted this message of scripture to describe many people, I'm sorry, to deceive many people into believing that God would not heal Paul. So how could they expect to be healed themselves? So let's let's examine. Go ahead. I want you to really pay attention to words today. We want you to really listen today. This is so important. And when something is important, you give your undivided attention to it. You cannot do two things at one time. Because if you do, you're going to miss something. Now, you can go in between two things at one time, back and forward. But I guarantee you, you will miss something. So this is so important to your healing. This is so important to your success in life. He said, it was given to me a thorn in the flesh. And where did it come from? It was a messenger of Satan. It was demonic. And you are going to see that in details today. All right? Amen. Okay, Prophet. Going on with our notes. It says, first of all, this thorn came because of the abundance of revelations Paul had received. Hmm. Until a person has had an abundance of revelations similar to what Paul had, he is not going to have a thorn. That's right. That would disqualify just about all of those who had been hiding behind Paul's thorn. Hmm. Then Then verse 7 says, it came lest Paul should be exalted above measure. Traditionally, that has been interpreted to say the thorn was to keep Paul humble. Mm 
Therefore, God had to be the author of it because only God would want Paul to be humble. But there is a godly way of being exalted. Yes. First Peter 5 says, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that ye may be exalted in due time. Mm-hmm. So those who, so those who submit, who humble themselves to God, will be exalted by God. Paul was not speaking of exalting himself above measure through pride, but rather the thorn came from Satan to keep Paul from being exalted by God in the eyes of many people. Mm Mm-hmm. Praise God. Many more. Go ahead. If Paul put exalted by the Lord, we wouldn't have the epistles of the word of God today. Because Paul wrote three-thirds of the whole New Testament by himself. Where did it come from? God gave it to him. And again, we wouldn't have it today. It wouldn't be. Who wanted to stop that? Satan. Like he wanted to stop you from receiving the word of God today. Why? Because he knows if you hear, believe, act on it, you'll be healed. He knows that. And that's the main thing he do not want. Mm-hmm. No, he can't. He can't afford to let that happen to you. Mm. But you know what? We're talking about a finished work of Jesus. Healing is a finished work. Did you know that? Amen. Amen. It's a finished work. It's not something that God has to do. He done already healed you. This messenger of Satan is trying to stop you from getting it. Amen. Amen. All right. Going on with our notes, it says, many more people would have received what Paul preached if everything was always rosy for Paul. Mm-hmm. But there was this messenger of Satan who always buffeted Paul and scared away the faint-hearted from committing themselves to Jesus who yes. Paul preached. God magnified or exalted Joshua in the sight of his people. This is Joshua 3 and 7. Mm-hmm. He continued to do, he continued to do that with the people that he used in the new covenant. 
Acts 5 and 13. So we see that the exalting spoken of is not a negative kind, but a godly kind. Yes. That just further strengthens the fact that the thorn was not God's doing. The thorn was not what? It was not God's doing. He didn't do that. It was not. In, In verse several, go ahead. Many people claim to have a thorn from God. And that's why they're sick, they'll tell you. Folks, mm. that's deception. That's Satan deceiving you. It's not the will of God that you be sick of no kind. None. All right. God is not putting sickness upon you to teach you anything. That's the devil trying to kill you. But what did Jesus say? In St. John chapter 10 and verse 10, I have come so you can have what? Life. I have mm -hmm. come. Jesus came so you can have what? Life and have it in abundance. Amen. Have it to the fold till it runs over. Glory to God. Do you see it? Amen. Amen. Okay. In verse 7, right after the thorn in the flesh is mentioned, there is a phrase set off by commas, which says, the messenger of Satan to buffet me. Hmm. This is an explanation of what the thorn really was. It was not a thing, but rather a demonic messenger. Yes. The word used as messenger here is always translated an angel or messenger and refers to created beings. Mm -hmm. a, cre a created being. So Paul's thorn was literally a demon sent from Satan to buffet him. The word buffet here means to strike repeatedly as waves would buffet the shore. Mm. How did this demonic force continually strike Paul? Traditionally, it has been taught that it was with sickness and that the thing that made many accept this, this is that the use of the words weakness and infirmity in verses 9 and 10. Infirmity, infirmity definitely does mean sicknesses and is used in 1 Timothy 5 and 23 in that same way. But that is not the only meaning of the word. No. The number two definition is any lack or inadequacy. 
The number mm-hmm. two definition, I'll say it again, is is any lack or inadequacy. For instance, Romans twenty eight and twenty Romans eight and twenty six says the spirit also helpeth our infirmities. In this case, the context makes it clear that it is not speaking of sickness, but rather not knowing what to pray for. And that's why he helps you. Amen. When you pray in the spirit, your spirit is doing the praying. By the Holy Ghost. He Amen. helps you. Praise God. Amen. He helps you. Aren't you glad that God want to help you? Aren't you glad Amen. that he do help you? Praise God. Where would we be without his help? Amen. See, he don't want us in the dark. That's why he helps us. He turned on the light for us. Yes, he does. Amen. Yes, he does. He wants you to know. All right? Praise God. He wants us to know. Amen. So if we look, so our finite minds are an infirmity or an inadequacy. If we look at the context of Paul's storm in the flesh, we find that infirmity does not mean sickness in Second Corinthians twelve nine through ten, mm-hmm. and Second Corinthians eleven and verse thirty. Paul uses the exact terminology of glorifying in infirmity. Yes. That is used just a few verses later in speaking about this storm. Mm-hmm. In the 11th chapter, he had just finished listing what those infirmities really were. In verse 23 through 29, he lists such things as imprisonment, mm-hmm. strife, Shipwrecks, stone, stonings, none of these speak of sicknesses. No. Verse 27 mentions weaknesses mm-hmm. and painfulness, which none have, tri- none have tried to make mean sickness, but is just as possible he could have been weary and suffered painfulness from such thing as things as being stoned and left for dead in Acts 14 That's and right. 19. That's right. All these things listed in Second Corinthians 11 refer to persecution and infirmities. Mm-hmm. So in context, Paul Storm was a demonic angel. Or a messenger sent by Satan, which continually 
stirred up persecution against Paul. That's right. This is this is also verified by three other testament references, such as Numbers. These are Old Testament references. Numbers 33 and 55. Joshua 23 and 13. And finally, Judges 2 and verse 3. Mm-hmm. Here, people are spoken of as being thorns in the thigh and thorns in the eye. Is that something? People are spoken of as being thorns in the thigh and thorns yes. in your eye. In your eye. Mm-hmm. Paul That's asked right. the Lord to remove persecution from him, not sickness. And the Lord told him, my grace is sufficient. Yes. We are not redeemed from persecution. And Paul later stated that when he said in 2 Corinthians 3 and 12, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Mm -hmm. Most gladly, therefore, he glorified in persecution and in reproaches and in necessities and in distresses that the power of Christ might rest upon him. You find that in 2 Corinthians 12 and 9. Okay, go ahead. Yes. Now, this is quite interesting because that phrase you just made, mm-hmm. Galatians chapter 3, yeah. yeah, go ahead and read it. No, I was just repeating it. It said uh, that most gladly, therefore, he glorified in persecutions and reproaches and necessities and distresses that the power of Christ might rest upon him. Now, notice something. But in Galatians chapter 3, and I believe it's verse 13, 14, it says, Christ have redeemed us from the curse of the law. What is the, what does the curse of the law consist of? Three things. You've been redeemed from poverty. Here we go. You've been redeemed from sickness. And you've been redeemed from spiritual death. Poverty, sickness, spiritual death. You've been redeemed from. So. If you've been redeemed from spiritual, I'm sorry, from sickness. How is it? God is making Paul sick. Or making anybody sick for that matter. Mm-hmm. No, he's not. He said you've been redeemed from it. You've been taken out of that. Do y'all see what I'm saying to you? Praise God. See, God doesn't change his mind. The scriptures say, whom the Son set free is free indeed. That's talking about Jesus. 
He freed you from poverty, sickness, and spiritual death. You free indeed. Thank God. You see it now? So it could not be sickness. God don't make people sick. Mm. That's a work of the devil. That's an attack of the devil. Amen. Amen. All right. Praise God. Let's continue. It says the word glory is an old English word which is used to mean to have dominion over or command. I'll say it again. The word glory is an old English word which is used to have dominion over or have command out. That's right. It is used in Exodus chapter 8 and verse 9 where Moses told Pharaoh to glory over him or command him when to That's destroy right. the frog. Mm-hmm. So when Paul spoke of glorifying in these in infirmities, and persecution. He was speaking of victory, even in the midst of continual harassment. In Acts 14 and 19, Paul was stoned and left for dead, but God raised him up, and the next day he walked at least 20 miles into the next town and started preaching again. Started preaching again. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Okay. Mm-hmm. The Lord did not stop the persecution. But God's strength was certainly made perfect in Paul's weaknesses. Can mm-hmm. you imagine what those that stoned him must have thought? They could see Paul's humanity in the cuts and bruises. But they could also see the supernatural strength of God flowing through him. Yes. For when I am weak, then am I strong. That's mm-hmm. verse 10. Verse 10. There are two other passages of scripture. Those who believe Paul's thorn in the flesh was sickness have tried to use to verify that. One of those is Galatians chapter 4 verses 13 through 15. Here Paul says that he preached the gospel to these Galatians through an infirmity of the flesh. Yes. And in verse 15, he makes reference to these people being willing to poke out his own eyes mm-hmm. and give them and give them to him. For this I have learned and I've heard ministers preach that Paul's thorn was a rare ancient disease which was characterized by runny puffy 
eyes. Yep. But let us look at who Paul was speaking to when he said this. He was writing to the people who lived in the region known as Galatia. That's which right. had which had its major cities, Debris, or some might say Debris, Lystra, and Iconium. Mm-hmm. The instance we mentioned earlier, where Paul was stoned and left for dead, happened in Lystra, a city of Galatia. The next day, <clears throat> Paul walked to Debris, another city of Galatia, and began preaching unto them. I'm sure he had runny, puffy eyes, along with multiple cuts and bruises. But they were not the results of some, some disease. They That's were the right. results of having just been stoned almost to death. Yes. He also says in verse 13 that his infirmity was at the first, which leaves the impression it was only a temporary thing that he recovered from. Absolutely. The next scripture used to Paul used to say Paul's thorn was bad eyes is also Galatians chapter six, verse eleven, which said, mm -hmm. "You see how large a letter I have written unto you with my own hand." People have said Paul's eyes were so bad that he had to write in large letters. And this is what he was making reference to. The large letter. This is only a supposition and not a very good one at that. Not at all. It is a, it is a lot more credible to believe that he was simply referring to the long letter he had written yes to the to the galatians wow mm -hmm. the long letter the reason it is so important to realize that the thorn in the flesh was not something which jesus died to redeem us from such as sickness is so that we won't submit ourselves to these things. That's right. James 4 and 7 says, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now pause right there for a second. Mm -hmm. Pay attention to words now. James 4 and 7 Submit yourself unto who? Unto God. God. And resist the devil. Resist him. It didn't say go along with him. It didn't say yield to him. It said resist him. So how can the scriptures tell you be submitted to God but resist the devil? If God's will is sickness, if God wants you sick, and if God made Paul sick. Man. No, he said resist the devil. 
How do you resist the devil? Resist that sickness. Resist that disease. Jesus said by his stripes, I was healed. I was healed. Notice, prophet, you was been here longer than the sickness. Amen. By his stripes, you were healed. Your war been around longer than the sickness. You know why? Because healing is always God's will. God gave the cure before the problem ever showed up. Praise the Lord. It's like making me and you. Then he put us in the earth. What for? To subdue it. Dominate it. Have dominion over it. You have dominion over sickness and disease today. This is what Paul is telling you. All right? Amen. Well, let's finish. We have to resist, we, we must resist or actively fight against the devil and the things he brings. Did you catch that? Amen. Satan has... Fight the good fight of faith. Yes. See, you are in a fight. You are in a faith fight. Faith overcomes the devil. The Bible says, and this is the victory that overcometh the world. Even our faith. Your faith is the victory that overcometh sickness and disease. Overcome all the works of the devil. Glory to God. Do you see it? Amen. All right. I'll read that one again. We have to submit. We must submit or actively fight against the the devil and the things that he brings such as sickness, so we can see them flee. Satan has used traditional teachings about Paul's thorn to bring many Christians to a place of submitting to sickness. Mm -hmm. But praise God, you shall know the truth, and the truth that you know shall make you free. That's right. Amen. And, and when you, when you receive the sickness, when you go along with the sickness and disease, you are not submitted to God. You have submitted yourself to the devil. Amen. You see it? No, he's saying we have to resist sickness. We have to yes. resist it. That means, that means fight against it. That's right. But the reason why I think what I'm getting from your lesson, Apostle, is the reason why there's been so much uh, traffic in that area trying to get Christians to believe that the thorn in the side was sickness. That's the trick to get people to receive it because Satan wants them to receive that, thinking it's coming Mm -hmm. from God. 
And it was not a sickness. It was a demon spirit. That's right. A messenger of Satan. And who want to hear anything from the devil? Who wants to receive anything from him? Absolutely. No, that's the messenger of Satan. That's not from God. Sickness and disease is a messenger of Satan. It's not from God. Amen. It's not designed to bless you. It's designed to curse you. Go ahead. Apostle, that's all your notes for today. All right. Can you see the importance here? Prophet, let me ask you, what would you say stood out to you the most here? Well, it, it was what I was just sharing a few minutes ago, that the, the deception there, you know, because we, we tend to... Uh, capitalize on the the minors so to speak and major on <laughs> on the minors and that's the way I see this that people have really been putting a lot of emphasis on something that was really not true you know that that this is a sickness and you know God would not if God didn't want to heal Paul then sometimes he will not want to heal us but the truth is Jesus died and paid the price for our sicknesses and took it in his own body so that we don't have to take sickness in our body. Now, sickness will come to us because we're still wrapped up in this flesh. But he also told us what to do with that. He said, you resist the, the sickness and it will what? That sickness will flee. You must resist it. You stand against that. But so oftentimes people say, well, you know, and they even speak it on themselves. Well, you know, it's that time of year and I'm taking the flu. Why you want to take the flu? Won't you say I'm taking healing? When the flu symptoms come, why don't you say I'm taking sure. healing and instead of calling for the flu? Well, you're now calling for the healing. Amen? Sure. Instead of saying I'm taking the flu, I'm taking the sore throat, I'm taking every year around that time. Well, it's that time, you know, it's my... And my, my sinuses act up around this time of year. Why not say God heal my sinuses? Why, why not say that? Because that's me, that means you're resisting it. You're standing against it. And that brings God on the scene to what? To help you. But when we don't know the truth, how can we flow in something we have no knowledge of, Apostle? Absolutely. You can't. But I think I share this during the week as we were on the prayer line every morning. God said, when my people understand, they will make better choices. When they understand. When they understand, when they understand they'll make better choices. You see, when we know the truth, like the scripture says, the truth makes you free. That's an, un that's not stated properly. What he said is the truth that you know will make you free. Yeah. You if see, when you know it, if you, if you don't, if you don't know what we just talked about, if you have no knowledge of the fact that Jesus, that's one of the reasons why he died 
it that's one of the things he delivered. People, there's so many people don't know the three things. When you say, what are the three things that Jesus accomplished on the cross? Many people have a challenge with that because they haven't been taught that. That doesn't make them ignorant. It just it just means this is something they should find out about. This is why when Timothy was called to pastor the church, think about it. He's a child. He was a young man, a teenager. And they mm-hmm. made him the pastor of this large church over there in Rome. And, and, and what did they tell him to do? Now, we've chosen you. Now go and study. See, they didn't choose him because of what he knew. Or do you see that? Because he didn't know anything. They chose him because of his con- the convictions in his heart. Because he believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's right. And then after that, they said, now go study. Well, that's the same thing with us. We receive him as our Lord and our Savior. We open our mouths and we, we, we recite Romans 10, 9 and 10. That if thou mm-hmm. confess with the mouth of the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. But with the same, mm-hmm. come on, confession is made what? Unto salvation. We know that. Yeah. We say it by heart. It's in our heart. Now, now that's just the beginning. Now, what else do you know about the scriptures? What else do you know about this new kingdom that you just walked into? You don't know anything about it. Not much. But that's why we have to go and study. That's right. We must study the scriptures. We must study about this new world that we are now a part of. Because he told us, he said, listen, you're in this old world, but you're not of it anymore. You are the kingdom. You, I've translated you out of the darkness and into the kingdom of my dear son. Now go and learn of me. And so, see, we cannot expect to walk in something that we are mm-hmm. not uh, uh, knowledgeable of, Apostle. And so many people have been taught and, and, and misled by this false teaching that this was a thorn. This thorn in Paul's side was sickness. And God didn't want to heal him. That's not true. No, it's not. It's not true. This is why we teach all the time. It is, it makes, it's very important which church you affiliate with. It's very important what teaching you, what kind of teaching you sit up under. And that's That's why we always show the scriptures when we talk about them. This is why we always take time to illustrate, and then we give the reference, and we say, go and study it for yourselves, and then we give other references that have resources that will help you understand the scriptures, because when you go, because when you go back to the root words, and you begin to seek and and search what these scriptures really meant in the beginning, you find it's altogether different than what people are trying to get us to believe today, amen, Mm -hmm. so that's my take on that. That's my Praise take God. on that, Apostle. I thank God that for for the good teaching and studying the Word of God, Amen. That we yeah. may what we may walk in the light and the truth of it. Absolutely, absolutely. Before we go to the phone line, let me say this to everyone: healing is based off of knowledge. Amen. So when faith cometh by hearing, in hearing by the word of God, you cannot have faith for what you don't know. 
Healing is based off of knowledge. That's why Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. He didn't say learn about religion. That's not what he said. He said learn about him. Well, one of the first things you need to know about him is he loves you. And because he loves you, he went to the cross. He took care of the sin problem. He took care of the sickness problem. Are you getting this? Yes, Amen. he did. You don't have a sin problem today. Are y'all hearing me? You don't have a sin problem today. And you don't yeah. have a sickness problem today. The problem yeah. that you have is a lack of knowledge. Praise God. People do not know. Therefore, they don't understand. Because you can't understand something that you don't know. Amen. Can you readily see that? Okay. So it is important to understand Healing is always God's will. He said, I'm God and I change not. Last week, Pastor Leo told you about a God who can't lie. He says, I'm God and I change not. And then Acts 10 and 38 says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, watch this, who went about doing good and healing all that was oppressed of the devil. Notice he coupled healing with good. So God is a good God, right? Amen. Thank you. Notice. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good. Healing is connected to good because God is a good God. And it'll never change. So if healing is good, sickness, disease is bad. God is a serial lover. And the devil is a serial killer. Mm-hmm. Did you get that? Yes. All right. That was good, Prophet. Amen.